Welcome to Network, a production of Evangelism Ministries of the Georgia Baptist Convention. Welcome to Network, the show dedicated to helping pastors and churches cast the net of the gospel. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Just recently, Scott Smith had the opportunity to interview Ken Hemphill. And we'll tell you later how you can get this whole recording. But for now, we want you to hear about a three-minute segment of it. And then after that, we'll come back after the break to discuss what he said for just a little bit. A lot of churches have already begun the process. I teach it in seminaries and require my students to teach it to some small group in their church. And the response everywhere has been good. I mean, they're just making simple changes, you know, related to being friendly, uh, having people looking. One of the things that we recommend, for example, is that you actually train everybody in your church to be a greeter. And the reason is that mm. if we just have greeters in the parking lots or at the door, people kind of get, well, they're they're paid to do that. But then they get inside the door, and nobody speaks to them or nobody asks them to sit with them or nobody helps them find the Scripture. Then they, they still don't have a good impression that the church is friendly, even though it begins that way. You know, there's somebody kind of out there assigned to greet me, but then the people in my Sunday school class or the people around me in worship could have cared less that I was there. So you've got to change that culture of the church, not just do some of these things. This is so good. It sounds to me like uh, like you're, you're forcing the church to think through the entry points and to think about more entry points. There are multiple entry Absolutely. points into the church. Yeah, one one is the front door. We know that one. So train people to receive lost people or, or seekers or, or well, you know, even transitional Christians at the door. Things. You know, First Norfolk, when I was there, was one of the fastest-growing churches in the U.S., and we basically did right. it through simple kinds of Sunday school events. So we asked every Sunday school class to have one event per quarter that they could bring an unsaved person to. Now, they could have fellowship every week if they wanted to. We weren't trying to say... We don't want you to have good fellowship because they do need to have good fellowship and like each other, know each other. But we asked them to plan one event. could be at the church or probably most often away from the church campus where you you would feel comfortable bringing an unsafe friend. Make it a very casual event. It could be at a park, at a swimming pool. You 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 don't have to get up and read the four spiritual laws or hide the the gospel and the hamburger meat. Just hang out with these people. (laughs) Love on them. Let them see people in love with Jesus, and, and they're going to get splashed. So there's mm. a lot of things that, that any church can do. It doesn't require any money in the budget. Most of what we did in, in Norfolk that was effective for the gospel just involved people, not, not programs or something that you had to pay big money for. You know, we did the concert series, but truthfully, today, most of those have become kind of where the groupie Christians come and hang out. So, you know, you get people from all over town that like Christian music or gospel music. You don't get a lot of unsaved, particularly Mm -hmm. if your people aren't trained to bring them. So, Mm. uh, yeah, these are things that that any size church with any size budget can take home and implement almost immediately. You've been listening to Scott Smith interview Ken Hemphill here on Network. After this short break, our evangelism team will come back and we're going to talk about greeting and evangelistic events. Well, Pastor, it is time again to mark your calendar for February the 25th and 26th for our annual 
Evangelism Conference, the biggest event, one of the biggest events of the year. We have a special website set up that's going to give you all the information that you need at 2013evangelismconference.com. Again, that's 2013evangelismconference.com. I want you to check that site out because this year is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be offering exclusive interviews with the speakers that are going to be available at that website and also some information that you're going to find there that makes this year's conference a little bit different than anything that we've done before. I'm not going to give it all away just now. I want you to mark your calendar for February 25th and 26th, 2013. And I also want you to go to that website to get the latest scoop on what's going to be happening there. Again, that's 2013evangelismconference.com. We'll see you in February. Welcome back to Network. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland, and I'm joined by the evangelism team, Scott Smith and Jonathan Jordan. And guys, we just heard uh, Ken Hemphill talking about the importance of greeting. And he said something in there. I thought that uh, what a great idea. And that is to train everyone in the church to be a greeter. Is it good enough just to have greeters at the doors? I don't think it's good enough. I think we. I think it's a must. I think we need to have greeters. I think we need to have them clearly identified. I think they need to be in the appropriate places, inside the uh, building and outside. Uh, when people come up and understand, clear signage is always a help. And if you can have greeters near those areas, in strategic points, uh, that helps. But those people who visit your church know they're there. They know that's their job. They know that's it's kind of a built-in deal. Um, in training the rest of your church to be friendly, uh, you can run into a little bit of pushback. Well, don't we have greeters? Aren't they doing that? Um, and we assume that we're the we're the friendliest church in town. But <laughs> I we, don't have to be friendly. We've got I, I, people trained to do that. Don't we? Are we paying people to do that? Professional uh, greeters. Professional greeters, <laughs> and and they have to be friendly, and we don't. Um, but the problem is that we become friendly with one another, mm-hmm. and we don't understand the idea of what a family went through or what someone went through to get enough courage to come to church, get dressed, bring their kids, drive all the way there on a Sunday morning, walk into church and have nowhere, have no idea where to be. And they may or may not greet or may be with someone else. They may walk in an obscure door. Um, and for our church, uh, not only through uh, the worship service and coming in the door and Sunday school and whatever, you know, small group, whatever, other activities happen on a Sunday morning experience. Um, there's not greeters everywhere. There aren't strategic mm-hmm. places, um, but people know that they feel that, and they can sense that a mile away. We need to be aware of that. Scott, being an evangelist, you've probably seen both ends of the spectrum on greeting done properly, and then not so much. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm proud of our churches because we've come a long way from professional mourners. <laughs> At yeah. least we have professional <laughs> greeters. But, but here's the thing, and yes, if you've got, let's say you do a really great job at training your greeters, and so they're really good at it, but your people haven't been trained, as Dr. Hemphill had suggested, it could almost make your church look worse by contrast. I have all these right. awesome, friendly people that <laughs> right. take me yeah. by the hand from the parking lot. I walk into the church, and oh, my goodness, yeah. what a difference. That's good. And That's it can good. really stand out. So I think there's some merit there. Now, 
how do you flesh that out? I mean, where do you train them? When do you train them? Maybe Jonathan can speak to this with his background. I mean, what what's the ideal time to train people, the general populace of your church, in the idea of well, how to greet visitors? Let me tell you what I used to do. Uh, I used to take the opportunity when we were going to have an event, I would send around a church-wide email, and I would say, hey, let me give you some some tips for Sunday. Here's some things I need you to do for me on Sunday. There's going to be a lot of guests in the building, a lot of lost people. We want to greet them properly. We want to, we want to show them the love of Christ. But here's some things I need you to do. And, and I always just list, you know, here's 10 things I need you to do. I'd always start off with something like, you know, number one, park in the poor parking places. You know, show deference to our guests in that. Number two, pick up any garbage you see. So I'd, I'd write a little paragraph on If you see chewing gum wrapper in some. Pick it up. Pick it up. You're, mm-hmm. Everybody's the custodian on, on Sunday. You know, get all that. But always, I was always going to be nice to everyone you see and talk to everyone you see. If you don't know someone, they're nervous, so talk to them. And I just wax. So I don't know necessarily how you would train the, you know, pull out a training manual and say, hey, here we train the whole church. Because if you do it on Wednesday nights, the guests are coming on Sunday morning. So you don't, you don't hit, you know, everyone, but... Uh, some of it can be done through multimedia, I think, emails, videos, those kind of things, and then just a, a constant reminder. Yeah, I think the reminders are important. I had a pastor one time, he would give, we had something big coming up, he would give uh, a Wednesday night or Sunday night, uh, depending on if you still have those events. I took 10 minutes. Right. And just say, here's the deal. We got a big event now, and I would also run that through the Sunday school classes and help those leaders when they get in those small groups. Say, listen, this is what we're looking to do. Remind everyone to be friendly, and I'd always have the person. Well, I don't know everybody's name. Well, I don't either. I don't either. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to tell right. that because right. I'm supposed to. Right. Um, but introduce <laughs> yourself, be friendly, uh, and just say, hey, you know what? It's so great to see you. And and. But I had those little ten or fifteen minute spots, and if you do, it's a, if it's a one hit wonder, it probably doesn't stick. But I think it goes to building a culture. Right. This is who we are. We love God and we love people because God loves people. That's right. And we you can't know, so. say that and not do it. And no, that's our biggest problem. So that and, leads me to what I want to say next, Jonathan. There is you that go. The pastor leads the way in that. Uh, if a pastor wants a friendly church, he's got to cheer. He's got to be a friendly pastor. Mm, that's right. And. Uh, I used to tell my staff, the ones that didn't have, you know, uh, the Mr. Music couldn't do it. He was busy. But I tell the other staff, hey, look, 10 minutes before the service, you be out working the crowd. You be in the hallway. Not, not in the hallway, but you be in the foyer welcoming guests. Yeah. You be in the sanctuary high-fiving. I trained my children to go out and shake hands with people and, and, and look for guests. And uh, I had people join my church because my 18-year-old went up to them and said, you know, hi, I'm Savannah, and I'm glad you're here today. Uh, is there anything I can do for you? You know, because I, that's important. And, yeah, and, sure and it is. People won't. Here's the truth. Great statement. People aren't looking for a friendly church. They're looking for friends. Mm-hmm. They are. So they, they, they start, if you're not friendly, they don't see any friends there. If you're friendly, at least they see the possibility. Right. There's hope. Of a friend. There's hope. And it's got to be authentic. I think right. we have to be real careful, just really quick. It has to be an authentic. It can't be something uh, where they feel like they're going to be forced to buy a car by the end of the service. Yeah. Um, and that's no offense to you know people selling cars, but there's kind of the misnomer there that you know they're only nice on Sunday. And I saw them during the week at the grocery store, and they act like they'd never seen me before. Yeah. So that culture goes outside the building too. It's I, not just be friendly in the building. It's as we go throughout the community grocery store bank. Et yeah, that's, uh, I had a guy. You said, and we'll move to the next subject. But 
uh, a man at the church where I'm interim had visited a church in Alabama, and he said the greeting was so powerful. I thought to myself, they really can't be this happy I'm here. That's right. You know, they, surely they don't care this much. Yeah. But he said, man, I felt like they loved me. All right, he moved. He talked about, he kind of changed subjects a little bit, and he talked about, uh, Scott, one event per quarter to bring a lost person to it. Uh, that's a fairly strategic idea in winning the lost, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And, and he talked about, you know, he talked about the fact that, that – that really it's coming out of a culture of just loving lost people and being authentic and giving lost people an opportunity to get in your world and to see you having fun, enjoying life, fellowshipping as an authentic believer. Hmm. So it wasn't a big event per se. And and I know that as soon as we say to our church people, look, folks, we're going to do an evangelistic event. We or we need to have evangelistic events. First thing we think is concert, right? You know, some kind of a big expensive outreach and he made the point that's you know a lot of times those are really not working for us evangelistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you're you're just attracting other believers. Let's let's produce events that are low key, not expensive, mm-hmm. which really means a lot in this economy, yes. uh, and that we can just kind of be ourselves and interact more. Yes, yeah. At a big event, I'll speak as a pastor. At a big event, I'm really limited. I'm getting pulled from what you know. I don't get to build a relationship or, or get to spend any time. And I think it was funny he talked about. He called it the concert series. He means booking a singing group or something like that coming into your church. And and we discovered quickly you could spend a whole lot of money on a singing group and you could absolutely have the balcony full, the floor full, and the choir full. We had some singing groups that we had to put chairs out for. And there wasn't a lost person in the building, basically. I mean, they I mean it was all groupies and I figured it out. We booked probably the biggest name singing group we had ever booked up to that time. And and maybe the concert was at six. And on Sundays, it's pretty typical for me just to eat and go back to church and be there all day. I mean, it was like 3.30. I walked through the sanctuary, and there's like a family sitting on the front row of the church. Like a whole family. I'm like, hey, y'all lost? <laughs> or what, what, what's, what's the deal? And they're like, no, isn't so-and-so going to be here tonight? Got their seats, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Out. Well, we heard them last week in Kentucky, and we heard That's them right. two days ago in North Carolina, and today right. we're here in Georgia, and and we out. got here early, and we want a front row seat. That's right. That's oh my camping goodness! Out. You know, I just didn't know that that existed, and that's not lost people. That's a lot of time, energy, reason, and and if you're part of a sing group, don't hear me saying. I don't believe in sing groups, but those are not evangelistic events by and large. Now, I do know some sing groups do a great job with evangelism, see people saved. By and large, that's not uh, uh, you know, what that's for. I would get sing groups to encourage my church. I knew that that's what that would do more than anything. But there are some uh, smaller, less expensive events where you can build relationships with lost people and share the gospel and see people saved. And a lot of times, Jonathan, the best way to do that is through your small group, isn't it? It is. It is. Th- those small group events, whether it be um, putt-putt night or, or, or heading to the bowling alley, things that are activities, but you have time to develop those relationships. And just like we talked about you know, previously, share um, share who you are. Let people know. Uh, Scott had told us one time, you know, what are we waiting on to share the gospel? Right. When we get people right. in those environments and you're sitting there waiting for your turn to bowl, man, go ahead and tell them, yeah, I've got two kids. Yeah, I tell you what, this church means a lot to me. Yeah. Actually, my relationship with Christ means, means everything uh, to me. Good. And that's them getting to know. I had a young Sunday school class, lots of young kids, and uh, going out to eat was 
was a royal pain, really, because of naps and all that. So they decided to come up to the church once a month. And whoever was there, they built up to the next once a month. They put grills in the back of their truck. The kids were everywhere, just mm. running the church all over. But when you came to that Sunday school class, they invited all the visitors. They always had something else. Hey, now now remember, we're gonna we just cook out up here. We bring grills. Right. And so they always had a built in once a month. And right. the kids were everywhere. Mm-hmm. But and what it is, and we kinda, you know, kinda chuckle because we kinda grew up, but it was the old covered dish. Yeah. And that yeah. but it gave time to say, this is what we do, and our class is important to us, this church, matter of fact, our relationship. And they would intentionally talk and invite people for the other four Sundays, even if you came that morning. Oh, we didn't prepare. You know what? Just stay with us right after yeah. church. Yeah, I don't know about we, other. We have de- enough food. I don't know about other denominations, but a lot of Baptists have been saved because of food. Amen. Yeah, that's for Amen. Sure. Amen. Well, listen, that was a great interview with Ken, and uh, uh, you can. we've got a whole interview that you need to hear from him and Scott, why don't you tell them where they can get that whole interview and when they can hear him live? Absolutely, absolutely. You can get the the entire interview at our evangelism conference uh, website at twenty thirteen evangelismconference dot com. Again, two zero one three twenty thirteen evangelismconference dot com. There you're going to find all the information that you need related to the upcoming conference, February twenty fifth and twenty sixth at First Baptist Church of Douglasville. Georgia. You're going to hear Emer Kaner and Fred Luter, Jerry Vines, Jeff George, Brian Fawcett, John Reed, so many more. Daniel Cruz will lead the worship. The Akins will give a mini concert. Going to be a great time. 2013evangelismconference.com where your bonus downloads of all these videos are, of all these audios in their entirety. Edit, edit. <laughs> Of all these audios in their entirety will be located. Go there, avail yourself of that, enjoy it, and we'll see you in February at the conference. You've been listening to Network, a program dedicated to challenging believers to cast the net of the gospel. Network is a production of the Evangelism Ministries of the Georgia Baptist Convention.